Good morning. Let's begin. Let's start with a prayer. Holy Father, we thank you for uh, this morning and just thank you for the opportunity to look at, uh, at, at your place and look at your people and, and what it might have been like uh, when you were on the earth, when you were roaming the earth and, uh, and the beginning of your kingdom, Father. And I just thank you for this, uh, the material that we're going to go over today. I thank you for the places we're going to see. And I just, I just pray that it will impact those that are here this morning and uh, they will have questions and uh, want answers that they will find on their own, Father. I thank you for um, this church. I ask you to pray especially for the Greens this morning uh, after the loss of their house. And I just I, I pray that uh, we all as a congregation surround them and, and lift them up this week. Thank you for today. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, if you didn't know, Daniel and Mary Ann Green lost their house yesterday morning. Um, I, I don't know a lot of details. I do know that uh, the girls weren't home. Uh, the, uh, Daniel and Mary Ann woke up and it was on fire, so they left. It's a total loss. They've been surrounded by their life group, and uh, I just know that they're going to need a lot of, lot of things um, th this week, so try to surround them if you can. Um, Family News, the Bethel Worship Night, I have no idea what that is, at the Grand Ole Opry is Monday, October the 17th. You need to register online if you want a ticket. The Women's Mentoring Program kickoff is Tuesday the 18th. Sea Otter Happenings for more information. Uh, parents, pick up your children immediately after class. Just that's, that's the way it's written in bold. Room in the end volunteers are still needed. If you uh, if you would like to volunteer for that or uh, your life group, uh, see the Arnetts and try to get uh, try to get plugged into that. And uh, family concerns this week: Teresa Pinson lost her mother, uh, Lorraine Maddox, and John McCaslin uh, has been suffering from headaches and double vision. I saw him this morning. I think he's doing better. And Tate Mayfield, Colin Courtney's uh, newborn son is still in the hospital in, uh, 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 I don't know if it's Vanderbilt. Yeah, it is at Vanderbilt. He went in with 104 fever. Kyle this morning said that his fever was down to 101. They still don't know exactly what's wrong, but uh, he seems to be doing somewhat better, and they won't release him until, um, until he's normal. Uh, Madden May Mays was born to Brooke and Kyle October the 8th, and Jonas Autry was born October the 12th to Chad and Leanne. So life goes on and we keep having babies. That's great. Um, this morning, uh, Dr. Graves has abandoned me and uh, he's, in, uh, he's in Florida doing some, I can't even begin to describe you what kind of conference it is, but he's been there since Friday. And um, I, I, I love getting Josh's perspective. And I, 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 it's, I can do what I do and uh, but he can take it in 10 minutes and turn it in theological and so you're going to miss that today so I'm, I, I apologize for that but he'll be back next week and we're going to be uh, studying Galilee and this is um, this week is uh, my favorite place in all of Israel when you go to Israel uh, people will will uh, come up to you and go hey what was the, what's the best thing you saw what's the best thing you saw and you got to have an answer okay but uh, it was amazing to me that unhesitantly uh, without any reservation whatsoever when people would ask me that I would say Arbel and so I'm going to take you at the end of class today to Arbel and try to this whole class is 
my 45-minute shot to try to explain to you what it meant to me to be on top of our bell. Okay, that's, I'm going I'm to try to get emotional. Hadn't gotten emotional in any of the preparation this week. Don't know why that came up. Um, so, we, um, we have, we've already, we've already, we started, if you, if you want to start right here, this is Tel Aviv. It's the only international airport in Israel. You fly into Tel Aviv and you go up and you spend the first night at Netanyah, uh, uh, Netanya. And we, we've come up the coast with we Caesarea uh, right here. And uh, if you were going across, remember the Via Marius, that's important. The, the Caesarea would be right here and it would take us over to the, this is a terrible map. Okay, thank you, thank you. Um, so it would, the Via Maris would take us over from Caesarea over to the pass, the Megiddo Pass, and then it would take us straight up to Nazareth. Here's Nazareth and Sepphoris and Cana, I'm sorry, can you not say, Sepphoris and Cana. And from there, it would take us over to the Sea of Galilee, you cross the Jordan River, somewhere beyond the Jordan, and you go straight up to Damascus, and that would take you all the way up into Europe. And that's the Via Marius, the King's Highway. That's one of the reasons why all these places we're talking about is so important. So let's, uh, let's just go through a few slides. Uh, uh, the, this week's archaeological moment is going to be Magdala, which is one of the cities we're going to look at um, today. And, um, well, there's a lot happened. All things Jewish, there's a lot happened this week. Does anybody know the big thing the United Nations did this week? I'm sorry? Okay. That's exactly right. UNESCO. Does anybody know what UNESCO is? UNESCO is the United Nations organization that has taken over um, protected sites, world heritage sites, the Eiffel Tower, the Arc de Triomphe. Uh, they've taken over, um, I, I, Bill Clinton gave them the Statue of Liberty and I think the Grand Canyon. And, and they provide uh, security, they provide all those things. UNESCO, just Google UNESCO. UNESCO has a lot of big deal. Okay, so there's a, a under the auspices of the United Nations, UNESCO uh, operates and it has about 56 countries that are parts of it. This week, 26 to four was the vote, 26 to four, that the Temple Mount has no historic claim by Israel. It is 100% Muslim, United Nations. Just watch, I don't want to get political, but just watch on Obama's way out. He's going to do something to Israel. Just watch. Um, so anyway, where, how to get there? Okay. <coughs> so um, this is Bethany beyond the Jordan. This is, this is where Jesus was baptized. This is probably, you see, they always put a question mark there because nobody really knows. But it, we know it's across the Jordan, and it was probably in this area. Uh, Helena uh, built a church there, so that's, you know, she built a church everywhere. So. Um, this is what it looks like there. The, the Bible says that John the Baptist was baptizing there because there was a lot of water. All right? Um, so, let's do, let's do the uh, archaeological moment. This is uh, Sepphoris, which is where uh, Cana, Sepphoris, there, there in the Galilee, Nazareth. Um, this, 
this is a tombstone of a rabbi from Jesus' time that was just un- unearthed this week. Um, it literally, literally, that, that inscription says, do not touch this grave, leave me alone for eternity. <laughs> just wanted to be left alone. Um, all right, this is Magdala. When Dell and I were there in, in uh, 13, and, and if you go back, let's see, let's go back to, yeah, right here, Cana. So you see, see where Nazareth, Cana, Sepphoris would have been over here. Now we're going to go 16 miles down to the Sea of Galilee. Sea of Galilee is 700 feet below sea level. So this little town of Magdala, do the towns. Tiberias is a Roman stronghold that was, that was started in uh, 19 BC. They start, the Romans started building uh, cities after the Greeks. The Greeks invaded this area in 250 BC and the Greeks started building all kinds of series, uh, cities. That area right here, the Decapolis, is the ten Greek cities. Um, you see Scyphalus, which is Beth Sheen. Um, uh, Sepphoris would not have been a part of that. That's another Greek city. So they were building all kinds of Greek cities. Hippos, some maps will have Hippos over on this side. Um, but they had all the, they, they were doing that. Then the Romans came in and the Romans built Tiberias, uh, which is right on the Sea of Galilee. It's the largest city. It's the only inhabitable city on the Sea of Galilee today. Uh, Magdala was just a little village. Remember, Josh said that Nazareth, probably during the time of Jesus, had 500 people in it. Uh, well, Magdala, we thought the same thing. Mary of Magdala, that's where she's from. Uh, Capernaum, Bethsaida, Chorazim, uh, these are all important, important um, areas. Okay, so when we were there in 2013, and I've got another picture of this from afar from the top of our bell, but there is a, uh, this is a shopping center, and they were trying to put a parking lot in for this shopping center, and they started hitting this stuff. Well, when they hit this stuff, they called the Israeli Antiquities, and Israeli Antiquities starts digging and they'd started digging up the ancient city of Magdala. Uh, by, w- by the way, the Sea of Galilee is right there on the other side of this shopping center. Um, they started unearthing floors and walls. Uh, look at the, you can see the steps going down. There's floors. It's just, I mean, just to try to figure all this out, this all dates first century. Sea of Galilee right there. Um, that what underneath this canopy here is a complete synagogue. When it says that Jesus taught in all the synagogues in the area, this is a synagogue that that he would have taught at. Um, These are the mosaic tile floors of the synagogue. Um, This, but my point is in 2013, our guide said, yeah, they just, they found they found like some stuff over there and they, they just started digging. Okay, when we went back this year, they had completely dug, not completely, but they had dug this up. Now they estimate that this was a village that had 5,000 homes. So it was a big village. Remember that Via Marius thing? Remember the, the road that comes up and takes you over to Galilee where people would get water on the way to Damascus? Just interesting that that God would put, that God would visit this area at that point in time. 
Look at, look at these mosaics the same way. And then this is the most famous thing that they found. They found this little replica of the temple in Jerusalem, of Herod's temple. It was an actual replica of Herod's temple. It contains on it, uh, it's got pictures of the golden menorah. It's got a picture of the Holy of Holies on one side. Uh, and then this is sitting inside a synagogue, the synagogue of that day. You see, these would have all been seats, and you can see they're tiered and terraced. And this would have been a very small, it would have been a room smaller than this room, and they would have sat the, the temple right in the middle of the room. Why would they have done that? Anybody? The presence of God. Whoa! The presence of God. The proximity to the temple to Israelis is the, it's the big thing. The presence of God. So they couldn't get there. They're in their little synagogue. They sat the temple, a replica of the temple, right in the middle so that they would, when they did their worship and when they talked to one another, so that they would be near the presence of God. This is another one. This is actually the actual one that is in um, a museum. This is a replica which they let us look at at Magdala. So that's it. Now, we're going to the Sea of Galilee today, and I just uh, just to let you let me let me do this. Um, let me start. You can keep looking at that, but let, let's let's go where Josh went last week to, to Luke four. If you want to look at Luke four again, where Jesus is, Jesus goes to Nazareth. If you take if you follow theologians, Mark and Priority, how does the Gospel of Mark begin? It begins with the baptism of Jesus. The baptism, then you have the temptations, and then he ends up in the Galilee. Okay? If you do Luke and Matthew, how does Matthew begin? Genealogy. genealogy. A very Jewish genealogy. Uh, Matthew begins with the, ge with the, with the uh, genealogy of Jesus, and then he links him. Uh, he does the baptism, and then he does the temptations, and then he, after the temptation, he ends up in Nazareth, and then he goes to Galilee, which is probably the way it happened. Luke does the exact same thing, except he starts with the birth, and then he goes to Galilee. Luke is almost there. Goes to Galilee, and then he does the temptations, and then he does the genealogy. And then he gets us back into Galilee, okay? My, the bottom line is, all these things happened, and I, I've tried to piece in my mind, how did Jesus, at what point in time did it, did it occur to Jesus that it's my time? It's time for me to do my thing. I mean, he's 30 years old. Most of us, with our children, not, 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 I could, not, if I say this, you may, be, may hurt some feelings. Most of us of our children, if they're 30 years old and they haven't found anything to do yet, we're thinking failure, okay? we got, got a real problem, okay? He's kind of hanging out, doing a little rock mason thing every now and then over in Sepphoris. What's he going to do? So the Gospel of John tries to answer that. The Gospel of John says that after he, after he was baptized, after he did the temptations, he came back to Nazareth. And what's next? in Gospel of John. The wedding in Cana. Probably John's wedding if, if, if you really want to read between the lines. Uh, so Jesus goes to uh, the wedding in Cana and they run out of wine and his mother says what to Jesus? 
fix it. Fix it. You fix it. It's on you to fix it. This is an important gig for our family. You're going to let us be embarrassed if you don't fix it. I know you can fix it. I know who you really are. And she, she walked, what was a part, her parting words to the servants when they walked away? Do whatever he says. Thanks, Mom. I've told you my time has not yet come. My time is not. He's 30 years old. Time to kick the eagle out, eagle out of the nest. It's time to fly. Let's go. Okay. So, so he fixes it. That's, that's one of the first things. The second thing that happened is then that week he went to synagogue. He went to his synagogue. And what happens in synagogue? Luke 4. He, it's, it's his... Fa- Here's what you need to know about Judaism. It's his family's turn to read that week. It's his family's turn. Now, I don't know. His brothers and sisters may have read the Torah portion, not, and, and he got the half Torah portion. Let me explain that. Every week there is a Torah portion, a portion of Scripture from Torah, and there is a half Torah portion. That's not half Torah. That's, uh, it literally means in Hebrew, the kicker. We're going to read the Torah portion, then we're going to read a kicker, and it's from the prophets. And it's kind of a commentary on, on the Torah portion. They kind of fit together. Guess what? The Jews have been doing the same Torah, half Torah portions for 4,000 years every Sunday. So I believe Jesus, fully unaware of what he's to read, goes in, his sisters and brothers or or his mother read the Torah portion, and then it's his turn. He goes up and they give him the half Torah portion. Now, now, any of you ever seen a scroll, a scroll of, of, of the, of like the Torah scroll? The Torah scroll at, te- at uh, temple, uh, the temple on West End is about 65 feet long. So you don't just go. It's not like you're thumbing through and trying to find Isaiah. No, the priests, the, the priests in the temple have been They've been studying that portion all week long. That's what they've been doing. So they have rolled the scroll to the appropriate place. And they come, and he gets that scroll, and he reads it. He reads that, that verse, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I've come to, uh, say, to save the oppressed, those in prison, heal the blind, all, all that. And I just wonder why when he had everybody's attention wrapped, why Jesus didn't just didn't look at anybody and say, I'm the fulfillment of this. What does he do? He sits down. Trying to muster the guts because I think he knows what this means. And then he says, today, this is fulfilled in your hearing. And from that point, go to Matthew 4. Go to Matthew 4 from that point. And I've, you can debate me over, over the chronology of all this. That's fine. I, I'm a big boy. I can take it. Um, but this, this is kind of, kind of the way it, uh, I think it all, all went out. Uh, Matthew 4, verse 12. This is exactly the same point where Luke 4 left us. When Jesus heard now that John had been put in prison, he returned to Galilee. He left Nazareth. And he went and lived in Capernaum. He wasn't going to visit. He went 
to live in Capernaum. They tried to kill him. They rejected him. He's basically told them, look, I came to the Jews first. You guys are rejecting me. I got to go do, a, do something else. And so he goes to Capernaum. To fulfill what is said in the prophet Isaiah, land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, the way, the way to the sea, there it is, via Marius, along the road, the way of the sea, along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. Somebody tell me why it says the people living in darkness have seen a great light. Anybody have a clue? I'm sorry. If you lived in Galilee, you were looked down upon. This is not, you were northern Galilee, you were a southern hick, to give you the real, the real vernacular. They could tell by the way you talked that you were from Galilee. They could, they could hear, hear the inflection in your voice. Uh, Galilee, the Naphtali and Zebulun are tribes of uh, Jacob, sons of Jacob, and they were the first taken when the Assyrians attacked in 700. They were the first taken, taken into captivity. Why? Because nobody in Jerusalem wanted to come up as far and defend those people. Just let them have them. And so literally, it wiped out 10 tribes. You've heard the 10 lost tribes? That's this. These are the tribes that really aren't that important. They really didn't do their job. They really, they've kind of been up there in Hickville, kind of doing their own thing. And that's why they looked down upon. God chose that area to invade. It's verse 17. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, The kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon and Peter, and his brother Andrew. And they were casting a net into the lake. If you're doing chronology, Jesus has already healed Peter's mother by now. Okay? So... Anything Jesus asked Peter to do, Peter's going to say, yeah, I'll probably let you do it. So they were casting nets in the lake, and he said, come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets. Going from there, they saw two other brothers of James and John, uh, the sons of Zebedee. And they were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them immediately and left the boat, and their father followed with them. Um, why did Galilean fishers, um, by the way, Sea of Galilee... Just to take, this is a, this is the Golan Heights over here. Uh, if you go on top of the Golan Heights, you will still be 100 feet below sea level. It's just a weird deal. The Sea of Galilee is the lowest freshwater lake in all the world. The, the lowest uh, in, in in sea level. It's seven miles wide, 12 miles long, 31 miles in circumference. It's just not that big. It's bigger than Radnor Lake, but it's just not that big. Um, this is uh, from, the, from the north side, looking back over on the Golan Heights. Uh, this is on the, where am I? Well, that's Tiberius. No, 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 no. That's our bell. That's our bell, so Tiberius is over here. We're on the, uh, on the eastern side shore. This is actually looking from the Mount of Beatitudes. This is uh, from the north looking south. That's where it dumps back into the Jordan River. You got the Jordan River coming in, Jordan River going out. This is from the top of Arbel looking down at uh, this would be Magdala. Uh, this would be uh, 
I don't know what that is. This is Capernaum. Capernaum and then uh, Bethsaida and then Chorazim back up in the hills. And I'll, I'll say something about that in a minute. This is where I'm going to retire. <laughs> this is a, a monastery. I've, you know, I, I can get in. Delk, you can't come, but anyway. <clears throat> this is Tiberius on the hill. Just gorgeous. Uh, uh, I'm sorry? It was. You can, get it, you can get it on the internet. Uh, this, is 19, this is in the 1940s, 1950s. Uh, this is close to Arbel and the Sea of Galilee. Notice, notice the boat. They're, they're, they, have, they have found an actual boat that is first century. And uh, in Greek, the word for, for this type of boat is called it's parion which is a diminutive, which means small boat, which if you follow the Gospel of John and, and, uh, and where Jesus was walking on the water and Peter, it says Peter wrapped his garments around him and then, which would imply that Peter was naked on the, that's just, that's gotta be a typographical error because there ain't no way that a bunch of guys gonna get on a boat and you're gonna be naked. I ain't allowing that, you're gonna be in the water. So. This, that's, that's the size of a boat, a fishing vessel, uh, that would be common. Um, I don't know why. Oh, yeah, I do know why I did this. Um, this is just to show you modern day where you go follow this road over to Tiberias, and you would go up and you would keep going on that road that goes all the way to Damascus, Syria. That's the King's Highway. Now, why is that important? And, um, you know, people still try to become familiar with the Golan Heights. The Golan Heights was captured by Israel in the 67 war. Um, it was petitioned, it was given to Syria. Uh, but Syria keeps invading Israel and keeps allowing armies to invade Israel through Syria. They, the latest they did it was in 73. Uh, they, they did it in 48, they did it in 67. They did it again, the Yom Kippur War in 73. And so Israel said, enough's enough. They were very concerned with Syrian armor being able to roll directly Well, the 73, to, to your point, the 73 war, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but the 73 war, the Syrians had 1,400 tanks. Israel had 178 tanks, and Israel won that battle. That's the Valley of the Tears, Valley of Tears. Um, okay, keep, we'll keep going. Another picture, this is modern-day Tiberias. If you, uh, that's Mount, Mount Hermon, uh, modern-day Tiberias, and Back up in here is a Roman amphitheater, which they've uncovered. Um, it, it's a beautiful place. Uh, if, you, if you went back to that, I, I just want to do this for a second. Go back to that boat scene. Notice the vegetation. Notice how beautiful and lush and green that is. He leads me beside the green pastures. Notice this. What's different today? The difference is that 
when Israel took the land back over in 1948, they have irrigated everything. To Bob's point a couple of weeks ago, at their agriculture is incredible. There's not, I mean, even along the roadside, you'll see trees and everything, and it's all irrigated. It has to be irrigated, or it would be, it would look like that. That's pre-48. When they when they took it back over in 48, they described the land as totally desolate, totally desecrated. Uh, but now there are orchards, there are vineyards. They supply, supply most of Europe's vegetables and fruits from the state of Israel. Um, okay, so this is Arbel. <clears throat> Has absolutely no biblical uh, significance whatsoever other than if you read and you constantly you come up on one of those phrases, he went off to a high place to meditate. Well, anything walking out of the Sea of Galilee is a high place. I mean, you can't get to the Sea of Galilee. Every time you get to the Sea of Galilee, somebody would say, we are going down to the Sea of Galilee because you got to go down. It's down. It's just like if you go to Jerusalem, you go up to Jerusalem. Uh, but that implies that you're going to Jerusalem to worship as well. Um, A.J. Levine said this, this past week at Tokens, if you're on the moon, you go up to Jerusalem. That's what you... Uh, so Arbel, this is a helicopter view of Arbel. This is Tiberius, Sea of Galilee, and I don't know what all this stuff is. It's kind of, that's kind of a retention pond that irrigates all that field. Uh, but the, the Mount Arbel is this little point right here. This is the Valley of the Doves. And the Valley of the Doves is, there's no road in the Valley of the Doves. The, if you drew a straight line between Nazareth and Galilee, you would go through the Valley of the Doves. But it must be really undulating, so you, you would take the King's Highway, which is a little bit out of the way. And this is, these are my pictures. This is from the top of Galilee, so from the top of our belt. So if you, if you look at this area, it, tell me if you can't hear me. But we're like sitting out on top of this rock, jutting out. This is the road, the Via Marius. Um, this is, well, this is Magdala. That's the little city of Magdala. I don't, that, I don't remember that city. That's where the boat is. I don't remember what the name of that city is. It is an ancient city as well. They've done absolutely no excavating there, so it has no significance for me, so I forgot about it. Uh, Capernaum would be over here. Um, Bethsaida would be over here. The Jordan River comes in somewhere right here, right beside where Bethsaida is. And up in, the, up in the valley there is Chorazim. So if you're sitting there on this block and, you, and you're just thinking, you just think, why in the world, of all the places in the world, would God decide to incarnate himself and go? Remember, in 250 B.C., the Greeks took this area over. What was the Greeks' contribution to Christianity? Their biggest contribution to Christianity. I'm sorry? The Septuagint. The, Septuagint. the Greeks, that, what they would do is they would come in, they would take a religion, and they would convert it to Greek. The Greeks gave, the, gave them common language, the Greeks gave them uh, some, you know, you've heard of Pax Romana. Well, the Greeks had started it. 
The Greeks, they would offer you protection. But the Greeks would take your religious documents and they would translate it into Greek because they wanted everybody to speak Greek. So all the Septuagint is, is Torah and Haf Torah, the Law and the Prophets and the Wisdom Writings, it's translated into Greek. That happened in 250 B.C., Alexander the Great. Then the Romans come in and take over. And what do the Romans want? The Roman Empire was bigger than the Greek Empire. And the Roman, if you were a Roman citizen, you could go anywhere in the world that was controlled by Rome because you were a Roman citizen. If, if the Apostle Paul, 30 years, when did the Euro happen? European Union. Late 90s. Okay. Before the late 90s, if, if you were the Apostle Paul and you did all your missionary journeys, you would have to have 17 different passport stamps and 17 different currencies. Exactly in this day, if you were a Roman citizen, you had a Roman passport and you had Roman money. You could go anywhere you wanted to go. Think about that. Um, also, this, this trade route was carrying grain all the way from Egypt to Europe, carrying food constantly. So here's how this all happened. It w you, you would sit there, and I, I would sit there, and I would just think, how in the world does a, a Galilean preacher, rabbi, do his whole thing, and it spread out all over the world? Let, read, read with me. Glasses. Glass. Read with me in Matthew just what it, what it says. I'm at 23. Jesus went throughout, I'm at 4.23. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness among the people. News spread about him all over Syria. And people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering pain and demon-possessed, the epileptics, the paralytics, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee and the Decapolis. Remember the Decapolis, the ten Greek cities? Large crowds. Jerusalem, Judea, the regions across the Jordan came to follow him. This guy is preaching the kingdom of God. He's healing the sick. He's reaching everybody. And if you're on a caravan and you're watering your horse and you come up to somebody and they're like, hey, uh, looking for a good restaurant. Uh, you know, what, what'd you, what would you recommend for a stay of the night before we head out to Damascus because it's really hot out there? What would you do? They would say, well, there's a restaurant over here. And then, but you've got to come hear our preacher. This guy is off the charts. And news spread about him throughout. I just think it's fascinating. I think it's fascinating. By the way, here's another fascinating stat. And we'll, we'll start talking about this next week. Uh, Bethsaida uh, Capernaum and Chorazim. Jesus spent, get this, if you read the Gospels, 67% of his Gospel time and Gospel talking was right there. 67%. So, you know, you talk about A sites, B sites, C sites. I don't know where in all this he stood and talked and walked and did. But if, for me, the whole thing is an A site. It's an A site. This is why I, I, 
I like Jerusalem and Jerusalem. Okay, it's great. Uh, it's Muslim now. Yeah, no. um, Jerusalem is, is fine, but the Catholics have defaced everything. They've come in and built these hideous monstrosities on top of the place where Jesus was born. Uh, you know, the place where we go, where most uh, evangelical Christians go, called the Garden Tomb. Um, yeah, it's actually a garden tomb. Probably not the Garden Tomb, because the Garden Tomb has a church over it. And it's just crass. It's not what you want to see. This is what you want to see. You want to see a, far, a guy in a boat on the actual water where Jesus went. That's, that's what you want to see. You've, you'll, you actually feel it and, and uh, become connected. And every time you read these stories, well, besides the fact that I've defaced my Bible, um, every time when I, when I come to a place, I, it'll, it has the date April 6th, 16th, April 9th, 13th. That's when I was there. And that just, you just can't, you can't take that away. Sorry, I'm not going to take it away. Any questions about this? This is really all I wanted to accomplish today. I don't know if I... Oh, yeah, there's... That's uh, Lance, David Schaub, Larry Burkhart. Josh, of course, is preaching. Um, Laurie Netterville. But this is on top of our bell. I don't know why that's there. I'm done. Ooh, where's that? Okay, Tom, you got me. did it again. Um, okay. Any questions? I don't have anything else. Yes, ma'am. I got to get this off here. There could be some. I, there, I could be in a bathing suit in a minute. That'll close class real quick. Yes. No. Okay. I'm not in charge. I mean, we will probably two weeks ahead of time, but no. I, I, I don't. No, that's we're 2018. No. I just hope I'm alive then. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We did, but you had details. It's just it's hard to hard to know what to do. Anybody else? Yeah. Is it Tiberius the only inhabitable city? Uh-huh. Why is that? Uh, okay, that's a really good question. Because uh, nobody I mean, there's really there there's probably houses, but Tiberius is the only real city. Everything else is technically in Syria. On see on the Golan Heights. Is it like our resort where we stayed? We stayed four days in Syria in the Golan Heights, and then uh, Jordan would be the other part. So there's really no cities down that close. N- nobody would. The, Just because the Syrians and Jordanians don't. The Syrians can't come because we Israel is not going to let them come down there anymore. Yeah, they'd put a pig pipe in it and suck all the water. Out. No, Google Earth refers to it as Syria. It's Israeli land, and they ain't giving it back. That's, I mean, it was taken in the 60s. Like there is a DMZ beyond the Golan Heights. The, 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 uh, in the 67 war, Israel pushed in 13 miles, and then the UN monitors a strip beyond that uh, to, to keep them. But they, 
the, the Syrians constantly uh, capture uh, the United Nations peacekeeping force because they're unarmed and they wear blue hats. Not yeah. to right. Right. And to your point on the Temple Mount, um, I mean, there. My dad was there two months ago uh -huh. or so, and he um, was filming and for relief organizations. And uh, he was on an off day and got. Um, I mean, he has really high connections throughout uh, I mean, both Israeli and Palestinian sides. He got somebody to take him to the, uh, the Temple Mount. And they were always back groups and what have you and got up there and, and this uh, kid said to him, you know, do you want to see where they, uh, they throw stones? And, uh, you know, and the, uh, it's realist. And um, he said, for sure. So he took him up there and he showed where they had these stacks of stones, you know, to throw, throw down. And then these um, Arab guys uh, saw him up there and, uh, you know, they started yelling and then this huge mob started running after him and, you know, this kid somehow got him out and what have you, but I mean, it's just to the point there that, you know, they don't want, uh, I mean, they want to control entirely that, uh, that area. I mean, not even, you know, allowing the Westerners to... Well, the Jordanians are in charge. They're in charge of, by the United Nations mandate. Mm -hmm. They're in charge of Temple Mount. This does not affect the Western, the Wailing Wall. This does not affect that at all, because that's outside of the Temple Mount area. But, um, okay. yeah, yeah, it does not affect the Wailing Wall at all. It affects what is inside the 35 acres that were leveled off by, by Herod the Great, which is now the home to the Alaska Mosque, the Dome of the, the Up until this week, the, well, up until this week, up until this week, it was referred, that, that 35 acres was referred to as the Alaska Temple Mount, slash Temple Mount. They've taken that off. It's only the Alaska Mosque. The only, even though we have artifacts that mention First Temple, we have artifacts. They're they're not uh, not. What's the background on that? How did it come to, to pass? Hatred of Israel, absolute, utter hatred of Israel. Israelis do not allow the Palestinian Muslims to worship. You know, they don't. They are not allowed to come to Temple Mount because they don't want except maybe special, not even special occasions. You're talking. Uh, you're talking about uh, by uh, giving them, giving them passage permits, ports. Yeah, permits. Yeah. Permits. They're not allowed to worship. Right. And we've been there where we saw the children coming to try to go to their schools on the temple. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. a lot more than what the media. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. There's a lot. There's a lot to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. We're done. Thank you. It's difficult. It's difficult to remain positive. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. What happened this week? Go Google that. They'll, there's 56 nations. 26 decided to abstain from voting, but um, yeah, it's it's just crazy. Hey, you're welcome.